0: The Bro Show presents Doc Doc Goose An examination of the world of sports science, medicine and athlete management With Dr. Alice McNamara, Dr. Rod Siegel and Bill Tate What's up Docs? Welcome back (laughs) Oh God (laughs) Bad sign of things to come so we're, we're here in the, uh, the new Bro Show studios down in Beaumaris, a um, little bit of a change of scene for us, we've got a new new format, new show and today is just a, a quick introduction to, to what's going on. So Rod, we'll get to you in a moment, welcome back to the Bro Show.
1: Thanks mate, it's good, good great setup here.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you back. We've been ISO'd from one another for quite some time so it would be good to get a little bit of the old uh, garbage talk going again. But very importantly, welcome to Dr. Alice McNamara to the to the Bro Show.
2: Thank you, thank you. Um, long time listener, first time caller, so yeah. good to be here. Yeah, you've Actually, been probably your whole audience I think for the last couple of years. Oh, don't give me that.
0: We're nice. back by popular demand. Okay. So um, new format. We're going to uh, to have a look at um, a little bit of an expanded version, bringing in the sports med into the old uh, Bro Show format, which was ab- about coaching and sports science and rowing. And now we're bringing Sports Med into it. So, uh, Alice, obviously, many of the people that would listen to this would know you as, as a former rower, an international world champion uh, in, in rowing, but also more recently as an elite stair climber and amongst that many other crazy activities. Um, but tell us a little bit about um, what you've been doing, probably first and foremost during this crazy time of COVID you haven't been doing so much sports uh, med stuff, but a fair bit of actual management in the screening rooms for the COVID uh, testing stuff.
2: Yeah, it's it's a cool thing actually to be sitting down with you two talking about um, sports science, sports medicine, because uh, last time we were doing this, I was in the athlete role and you were my coach and um, Rod was the physiologist that we worked really closely with. So, Um, currently at the moment, yes, I've moved into a medical role. And so I did my junior doctor years, including an emergency medicine year last year. Um, I did my certificate through the College of Emergency Medicine, which gives you a real exposure to lots of um, uh, infectious diseases, but also cardiac, respiratory, musculoskeletal med. Um, This year, I'm in the first year of my sports medicine training through the Australian College. Which is about
0: your your 17th year of study or something like that. Is that right? (laughs) Give or take?
2: Yeah, probably. So we're <laughs> working in clinic at the moment. So I'm practising down in um, Frankston at the Mornington Peninsula Sports Physicians. Yep. Um, so I see patients um, in a private practice setting also working with Rowing Australia and doing some emergency medical services work. So I well, love the ultra endurance events that are out in the wilderness. So we do some coverage of that too.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But with Rowing Australia, so what's your role there?
2: Um, Pathways Medical um, Coordinator.
0: Yeah, so that involves dealing with the pathway coaches. <laughs> yeah. Which so, is.
2: So, pathway coaches is what we think about in the level just before you move into the high performance program. So, in rowing, it's the age groups of the junior, which is under 19, under 21, and under 23. Yeah. So, trying to coordinate what's happening. In the states, we've got really good medical providers in all of the different state institutes and the work with the clubs. But it's sort of um, a central role where you can kind of find out from coaches what's happening on the ground, whether the people need different support where they are, um, and and try and relay some of that back up to Rowing Australia and working quite closely with the Principal Medical Officer for Rowing, who, uh, Lisa Elkington, at the moment. Yeah. Dr. Lisa Elkington.
0: And one of the upcoming episodes yeah. going to be around the, a little bit of the management of athletes returning to training from the COVID break that we've all just gone through. And I'm and there's been a fair bit of discussion for you with the, the network of coaches around that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky because it's a, it's a terrible time for everyone to manage themselves in 2020, but in healthcare, it's super interesting. So I guess coming from ED, which is why I brought this up, is that the College of Emergency Physicians has given us a really good kind of education series the whole way through we've had access to podcasts i've been a very avid consumer of stuff that's coming out of italy where it first obviously hit um in the us as well and so there's been interesting medical management around the world and then of course in sports medicine there's a lot of talk about return to training from Hmm. people that have been doing different routines during covid so you know one of our future episodes i'm sure we're going to have a bit, big talk yeah. about the yep. current times but i'm finding this crisis being super interesting as far as just the human condition and how we manage sudden change yeah um but then also as far as return to training for athletes which is both biosecurity so from a safety perspective it's a risk management and it's also injury management yep. but you've got this whole overlying thing of performance which is the overall goal
0: yeah absolutely and the endurance medical stuff now obviously is something that is a passion of yours that I've got involved with as well, but um, you know tell us a quick little summary of w- of what that involves sounds you know it's pretty pretty far removed in one sense from the from the whole athletic experience, but also bizarrely quite similar.
2: yeah, so with those events it's becoming more and more common in our society when you know people are very busy at work they've got high stress with their families Um, when you need a chance to get away you try and find an event that takes you for a long time out in the wilderness do something really Mm. extreme and it's almost um, a lot of people are gravitating towards endurance bike rides um, long distance running and it's taking us more and more remote now when you take um, people more and more remote, the first aid space has to change because no longer do you have hospitals, road access, everything nearby. So you need to have first aid providers on the ground who can actually assess the situation. Do we need you know, a Band-Aid here or do we need a helicopter? Mm. <laughs> so it's really great to be able to get in, assess someone
0: and yeah. get someone
2: out to safety. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying that.
0: And we will have some episodes talking about it. One of the things that stood out to me is just how much personal management a lot of those athletes end up having to do. Some of the stuff that we do in the high performance realm, like um, to support athletes, these athletes figure it out for themselves, which is actually pretty incredible. But it is interesting, as you say, it used to be, that, you know, you'd run a marathon and that would be a, a stake in the ground for your lifetime. Now people want to do the miler sort of thing, you know. Yeah,
2: which is 160 k's. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah up, up and down a mountain.
2: yeah. And I guess the other thing we... You asked me the question before I didn't answer it... ...about the the current climate. And so at the moment I'm also working... complete change of topic, but I did not answer the question, COVID screening. So mm. I'm working as part of the Victorian Health Task Force, which is about doing regular testing for people. So I'm part of the triage service. So I, it's in shopping centre, car parks. It's a really unglamorous job um, compared to sports medicine, but it's certainly really interesting as far as the human story. And you get people driving in in their cars. We'll see 500, 600 a day wanting a test. And that'll be about you know my boss sent me home from work, or I know someone who's yeah. been tested positive in my street, and I'm worried or at have the you moment had we're any positive
0: also. tests Do you know have you tested anyone positive?
2: I think yes, we have, yeah. and we certainly know that certain centres get shut down because they're not seeing any positives, but others are seeing quite a few clusters. Mm. And I think we do need to open up. I mean, the, econo- the economy yeah. needs to keep moving. We need to get back to things, but we need to know where the cases
0: are. Yeah, the worry is, is this the eye of the storm for us in Australia? Because we, we got a minor front and and it's pretty good now, but yeah.
2: I do, yeah. I, I think the complacency can creep in. Um, and I do I do see real risk in, in mm. going out too quickly.
0: Well, it's great to have you on board with the, the podcast, uh, Doc. But, you know, really excited to welcome old mate Rodney back. It's been quite some time actually Rod. It's been, yeah,
1: a lot's changed in the last, what, couple of years yeah. since we did one of these. How long was it been? Two, three
0: years? Yeah, it's been a good couple of years and um, I was actually reflecting it was it was almost four years ago that we sort of started planning the first one. Um, uh, so yeah, it does definitely goes back. Yeah, yeah and we I'll, had
1: a lot of fun doing them.
0: Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Now, a lot has changed for you Rodney. You, you've once upon a time were my sidekick with the VIS Rowing Program and now onto much bigger and better things. Uh, Now, I won't get this title right. Performance people and elite singles. (laughs) Tell us what it is.
1: Don't let my boss hear this. Um, Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, most notably, uh, you know, about 16 months ago, my wife and I had our first child, so that was a lot of fun. Um, Thank you. So um, that's probably been the biggest change. Um, But literally, the day I got home from my first day in this new role... Later that evening, um, my wife went into labour. So, um, yeah, I, I know the landmark of when uh, when he was born in relation to how long I've been in the role. So, but um, yeah, no, it was right in um, the beginning of February twenty nineteen last year yep. that I started in a new role. It's, a, it's actually a brand new role within our system that we, we've not had before. Um, it's titled the National Physiology Network Lead, um, and yeah, I work alongside um, a group of other network leads within the sports science, sports medicine. uh, disciplines i guess across this um across the system and covering off all the different sports science sports medicine disciplines so we've got obviously myself in physiology but we've got biomechanics and skill acquisition nutrition strength and conditioning physical therapy sports medicine um psychology so yeah sort of a team team of, of people to work with
0: and very much a new approach from the AIS to, to leading in those disciplines and, and, you know, observing you in this role um, at a little bit of a distance. Um, you know, the, the goal has been rather than directing, it's been trying to unite the network and, and bring out the great strengths within the network. And I had the pleasure of being part of the physiology conference last year or earlier this last year. Last year, yeah. 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 And, yeah, That was you really
1: know, cool. I got a gig in that too. I got a... Yeah, it was awesome getting everyone in one room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that was actually something we've not really done before. I mean, every year the physiology network, like many of the disciplines, try to get together to discuss what's happened over the past year, share new ways of working and practice and research and things. But we've not really brought in people from other um, professions, coaches, performance managers, athletes. Um, So we've done it in bits and pieces, but yeah we got some really cool had- feedback and perspectives from having different people in the room
2: and you really need that crossover having coaches in the room was super interesting i think um like i was sitting on a table with one one of the swimming coaches i think and just hearing the insights from someone that's seen see um, olympiad in olympiad out of progression you just there's there was just so many years of experience in the room and i think that was really cool it's a great initiative
1: Yeah, it was great. I think everybody got a lot out of it. And as you say, I mean, we had uh, actually a VIS trainee would have been the most sort of earliest career person in our room. And then that went all the way through to basically the inventor of sports science in Australia (laughs) and a a bunch of really experienced coaches. So yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: It was. And... As I think you've said to me a lot of the times, and and you might quickly talk to this, you know there's so much strength in our system in terms of knowledge within within the system, and it's about trying to leverage that and 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 influence each other a little bit better. and, and I guess that's how the role's been set up by uh, by the AIS, isn't
1: it? Yeah, well, that's the key area of all of our roles and leverage is the is the buzzword that's that is the key thing so
0: (laughs) do we have a buzzword that's why i need to to add a buzzword button button.
1: (laughs) yeah Um, we'll need that but um yeah i mean you put it perfectly like and i'm getting to see it more and more now now that i get to interact with a lot more physiologists and sports science sports medicine practitioners and performance teams and and so on that i have previously i'm getting to see a lot more of the really good work that's occurring Mm. all over the country and obviously we've got a really big country by sort of land size and and we're all really spread out Um, but also we've got you know you've got the ais you've got each and every state sporting you know institute and academy Um, plus you've got each individual national sporting organization plus you've got games um organizing um uh, organizations like the aoc and commonwealth games australia and paralympics australia so um there's lots of really good work going on across lots of different areas, but often it occurs fairly in isolation. Um, and so a really key part of, of all of our roles is to A at a discipline level, so you know, speaking to, to physiology, um, try to connect our, our network of physiologists a lot better to ensure that you know what's going on. You know, I was literally just on the phone with one of the, the senior physiologists at WACE in WA um, last week, and he was telling me about some of the things they're doing, and it was it was unbelievable some of the cool stuff that they're doing over there. But it's you know, it's used to all that stuff used to happen mostly in isolation, but now that we have this setup, um, you know, everybody can sort of learn about that and leverage off the learnings that they're that they're getting over there. Um, and imagine for
2: research as well. I mean, when you've got a small pool of athletes in one centre, you can get some results, but you may as well run studies that go across all,
1: really. Yeah, and that's a, ideas. that's a big thing we've spoken about. We, we probably haven't managed to succeed at a, a huge level of that yet. There, there has been one project that's been up and running uh, recently, to, focused around Tokyo, mm-hmm. um, that's been a multi-centre approach. But that's really the first time that we've managed to get a good project like that off the ground. So that's definitely something we've discussed that, that we could, that's you really know, attempt going forward.
2: That's in Australia, isn't it, when you've got a huge geographical area... With small populations in each mm. city, I think that's what we often thought in sport. Yeah. That we do things really well in our little centres, but it's how you
0: coordinate. And we we've come from a history where those isolated centres. I think, you know, this is a personal opinion, but the strength of the Australian sports system through the 90s, when we were surging so strongly into the into is that we hated um, New South Wales. Yeah, no, we didn't hate them, but there was <laughs> we the, the competitiveness <laughs> the intra-country competitiveness yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know I always used to think you know I was coaching at uh, the other rowing club the good side and you're on the dark side down on, on the Yarra River there and and one of the things that motivated I us I
2: think you were called
0: yeah yeah um, one of the things that motivated us every day was watching you guys getting out there and I think that was one of the strengths of the Australian system but it's not sustainable and and we're really trying to move to a more sustainable model leaving that that isolated competitive nature behind it and it's a it's been a really
2: yeah harness the competitiveness but remember that you're actually racing the against other
0: the germans yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah hello to any of our german friends that are listening
1: <laughs> yeah but i mean it can absolutely still be done you know you turn up to a rowing regatta or any event and you want to beat your competitors you know of course. even myself you know we, we've discussed um you know i i turn up with with my vis rowing group and i want us to beat Everybody else and i 've got a personal little battle going on with the other physiologists as to whose group can can win, yeah, but at the end cute. of it all we 're going to discuss what we did and what worked and what didn 't and um, yeah yeah, so we can so Australia can yeah, have a good helpful, team and, and, and go them, ahead right? and try and win
0: yeah uh, it's been it 's been you know fantastic to see you take up the roll rod at, at a bit of a distance it, it is you know I, I really do think that my job back uh, running that VIS program when we had our our team going is probably the best job that i 'll have in terms of enjoyment in terms of that real connection to athletes and having a really tight knit team around around us, but you know seeing the the impact that you guys you and and your colleagues in the lead roles uh, are making uh, within the network it's it's a slow burn but it's it's definitely making an impact and you know it's really exciting but yeah it's, great to have you back in this form and again
1: yeah yeah well I mean, as you say it's a really different role and that's probably as you've experienced as well something to get your head around that you know the movement of things is a lot slower it's, yeah like you say it's a much slower burn and, and the winds come you know a, a lot slower so yeah um yeah that that fun fast-paced action of working day to day day in day out with athletes and coaches is is really fine i still get to do that to an extent um, I probably should have mentioned an, another part of my role is that I'm
2: mm. um,
1: working for the Australian sailing team. So I'm the lead physiologist for them as well. So I do still get a bit of a taste of the hands-on stuff. Um, that is mostly remote as well, because they're based in Sydney and I'm working with two athletes, primarily um, one-on-one, but the, those guys aren't based here in Melbourne. So I still get that fun and, and to be part of a performance team as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's a really different Do you really um, miss way.
2: taking lactates and stuff?
1: Uh, no, it's, that was a very timely (laughs) Uh, i've just had an email about uh, uh, the lactate metabolism there was just a new paper published on that and people are asking questions so very timely Uh, yeah that would have been the perfect (laughs) opportunity to hit that um but no i probably don't miss that but um no i'm you know i miss being in the lab and i miss being out at training and i miss all that cool stuff carom in the mornings
0: yeah you say that though people (laughs) always say that about carom but you know some of the some of my fondest memories were sitting in the car you know Talking through performance ideas, watching you guys battle up and down, you know, in whatever India, conditions. India. Yeah, I'm
1: wondering why Alice Underwater. was always so close to the bank. Yeah,
0: and <laughs> half a point higher in stroke rate than everyone else. Half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, yeah, it's great to have you back, Rodney. It's uh, taken us a little bit of time. Though? What are you doing? I'm. Um, I am I'm living on the dark the side really now. Anymore. Well, I get up legs. early to do my He's got own his exercise. Legs kick
1: back. He's on easy street now. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, no dark side uh, for you. Yeah, two years ago I made the move into into the management stuff. Um, as you know, um, from coaching, which was um, a, uh, a little bit of a heart wrenching choice because coaching is you know my first love, and and uh, and our program at VIS and with the national team was was so such a big part of my life for so long. Um, but um, I've always you know, th- felt like my career was hopefully heading down towards management stuff and, and being able to make the change within the VIS to move into a management role within the VIS program um, or environment was a really significant opportunity.
2: Yeah. I will. I mean, I guess um, when you're an athlete I – I was very lucky at the VIS. I always thought that the diagram they had up on the, on the wall where the athlete was at the centre – of the diagram, and everyone was sort of helping you achieve your potential. I thought that was very actually in practice, that's what it felt like. So, I guess if you've been in the coaching role and then you step into management, you can kind of understand what the coaches need as well as far as direction goes.
0: Yeah, I, I think that was initially the advantage, but it, you do realise that a lot of those things are very perishable and you leave them behind quickly. Um, but I, you know, I have obviously got a natural understanding and empathy with, with all of our coaches and I try and bring that into the role. Um, but it, it's been a huge learning curve, you know. I, I think the, the interesting thing is in it, every sport is different but rea- realistically the same challenges exist. It's all about people trying to figure out how to get the best out of people yeah. and that doesn't change despite the skills and the the technical competencies within the, within the roles. Um, but it's probably only been really in the last six months that I've felt like I have any kind of really decent knowledge of the essentially the ten sports that I'm looking after. So it's been a massive learning curve but an exciting change for sure. Mm. Well, that's good for me.
1: So it took you, what, a year and a half or so to feel like you knew what you are doing so I've still got time then. Yeah. I don't feel so bad now.
0: And, you know, in that time we've employed people into roles and one of the things you do learn is – ...you don't often get a finished product. You're quite often employing someone with a, with a vision. You employ them expecting that you can make that uh, experience gain with them. And uh, and that's, you know, realising that you don't have to know it all... ...and, and you've, you're actually listening and trying to understand... ...has been a, a really important change. And that's a lot different to coaching. Because I think when you're coaching at a at, at, uh, face-to-face level... You have to have answers straight away. People ask you a question. There are times where you get that chance to go, well, let's talk about it, let's explore it. But if you're on the water or on the pool deck and someone says, well, what about this? Where's my elbow need to be? You've got to go, well, it needs to be there. And that's what I think you need to think about to, to achieve that. This role is, you know, much more um, slow thinking approach to it all.
2: Yeah, I think we're probably all feeling that, aren't we? Coming mm-hmm. out of that acute um, performance environment is... Uh, it's it's when you have a very single-minded goal and you're working towards it and life is very simple and beautiful and easy. Yeah. And like you were saying, Rod, it's a slow burn when you're trying to coordinate things. Um, same thing from my perspective when you're trying to manage a rehab plan and you would love someone to be doing something but it's going to be a few months off. And same with, with you, Bill. Yep. Is it? Yeah.
0: Delayed gratification. Yeah, Yeah,
1: yep, exactly. Yeah, the slow thinking one is exactly the the term. I in fact I just bought that book recently thinking fast versus thinking slow. Yeah. And um yeah, that's been one for me because yeah, as you say, it's you've got to make decisions pretty quickly and um you know, you're in that day-to-day performance environment and now I've got to think of far more strategically, much more long-term. You know, almost nothing that I'm working on is needs to be have a, you know, really direct impact on outcomes for Months and months, if not years, down the track. So, yeah, yeah, it's a a really interesting change and, yeah, Mm. definitely learning a lot.
0: And a great book, that one as well. I didn't read it. I got the audio book because that's my learning preference. Yeah. but (laughs) but, um, Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating insight. So, the new podcast, it's The Bro Show Presents Doc Doc Goose. So... So I guess you're I the guess doc. Broad's a doc. The doc and the goose is an <laughs> yeah, ironic. Yeah, that leaves. Yeah, only one. Yeah. yeah, no, I understand. I understand where it's where it's at. Um, yeah. but, but
1: whose idea was that? Was that that might have been your daughter's <laughs> idea? <laughs> <laughs> idea. Yeah.
0: It was my idea. <laughs> okay, all the good ideas come from me. But um, we're, we're we're talking about the intersection of I guess you know sports medicine, sports science, and athlete management. So it's a little bit of a shift from from the traditional approach, but the same idea. We want to. Kind of have a deep dive into things, but without getting unbelievably technical, but but actually have a good thorough look at where those intersections lie and some of the considerations that we might want to make around them. Sounds great. Looking yeah. forward
2: to it. Yeah I awesome. love listening to podcasts, so let's do
0: one. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, in in due course, the first one will be out. Um, thanks for listening to this one today. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, be back soon. If you're not following us on Facebook, the Bro Show podcast on Facebook. uh, And look out for the new episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Docs.
1: Thanks, mate. See you next time.